0: What well, recently released from Code Factory is Mobile Accessibility, giving increased functionality to a variety of Android phones, version 2.1 and later, and speaking with us now is Caroline from Code Factory. Caroline, thanks for joining us today. Hello, how are you doing? We are doing great. Also Joe Stein campus with me here. I guess we'd like you to begin by giving us a description of mobile accessibility screen reader suite and and kind of what's offered in this application.
1: Mobile accessibility is a screen access application which allows people who are blind or have low vision to use an Android phone in a very intuitive, easy and simple way. Actually, it is two products in one. On one end, it is a suite of 10 accessible applications in order to allow our users to perform the most common operation very easily, like make a call, send an SMS, read an email. The 10 accessible applications which are on the suite are phone, contacts, SMS, alarm, calendar, email, web, where am I to figure out your GPS position, apps and setting? And they all been designed especially for how users and obviously the textual information is spoken using a voice synthesis. In this case, nuance vocalizer voice synthesis. And on the other end, apart from being a suite of uh, accessible applications, mobile accessibility also includes a screen reader component so that if you get out of the suite, you still can get speech feedback and navigate through the the interface of your Android phone in an accessible way.
0: Now, we've had people ask if you can use mobile accessibility in conjunction with TalkBack or Spiel?
1: Yeah, of course. Actually, you go to Settings, uh, Accessibility, and under Accessibility Services, you can choose the screen reader component you want to use. So if you install TalkBack, Spiel, and Mobile Accessibility, you will have the three of them, and you can check the box you want to activate.
0: How long has uh, Mobile Accessibility been in development? How long have you been working on the product?
1: We started thinking about... uh, developing on Android when we came back from season last year, so around March, April last year. And we started looking at the system, reading a bit about uh, what people were thinking about the platform before to really f- figure out what we wanted to do and how we wanted to contribute to the accessibility of uh, Android. And we actually started coding in September last year like four months and a half till mid-January, we started the beta, one month and a half of beta, and we released a few days ago, uh, the 2nd of March.
0: So let's talk about that beta experience, kind of how did that change the products? What did you learn and what features maybe were added based on comments from your beta testers?
1: The beta was was great. Actually, that was one of the best beta team we had so far, and, and we, we've been running a lot of beta with all of our other products. We had maybe like, around 50 beta testers from different countries and that was just crazy there was so much traffic maybe sometimes up to 70 messages during just one day we had really a lot of feedback and apart from bug fixes and compatibility with different uh, devices, that was, I mean, the, the feedback was really good, especially to improve the usability of the products, like which kind of gesture we should implement, uh, which kind of key we should press, how we should press it, uh, how we should access a feature in this way or not. And the big thing that really been so helpful to have this beta team was all what we did with the virtual keyboard, actually all the layouts, the comments, the alternative characters, everything uh, was really uh, coming from the feedback of, of the users. Uh, some users wanted us to use the volume up and down, the keys of the volume up and down to reject and answer a call. So that's something that we implement and add extra settings. Also, we were using before a long press in the menu key in order to activate the quick menu and the beta team just said, oh, it would be better just to use the menu key with a normal press so that it's more like in sync with the Android phone. The beta was very good, very intense, but very good feedback and really helped us a lot in order to to improve the usability of, of, of the product.
0: Assume working with Android required you make some changes. There's probably some people that maybe expected it to work like mobile speak, but realizing that Android just works differently, I guess there's quite a, some changes you had to make in the program.
1: That's a very good question. Actually, developing on Android, it's totally different than developing on Symbian or, or Windows Mobile. It might sound a bit paradoxical, but Android is, as you know, is an open source platform. But from a developer point of view, it's it's very limited. The, there's a lot of restriction uh, within the, the system itself. And There is something that you don't find in Windows Mobile or Symbian, which is an accessibility API. The API is kind of an interface between uh, the application that you develop and and the system and the platform of of Android. So it actually helps you to communicate with, with the platform. And the accessibility API... What it does, it, it captures the text so that you can then process it and make it speak. To have an accessibility API, it's just like such a big luxury for a company like us because we never had this kind of help before. And if you have an accessibility API, to develop a screen reader is kind of easy. To be honest, to develop the, the screen reader component of mobile accessibility, I think it took us no much more than half a day to make some bug fixes and, and improvements. But the screen reader component itself was quite easy because they were the Accessibility API, but the thing is that if at some point the API doesn't allow you to, to capture some text, there is no alternative way to get the text and make it speak. That's the problem. On the Windows Mobile and, and Symbian platform, there is no API, so everything is much more complex and it's much more time-consuming. You have to look at thousands of lines of code in order to know where is the text, and that's, that's very complicated. But there is always a way or you can always try to to find a way to make the text speak, which is not the case in Android because you are limited to what the XCBT API actually provides you. When we started investigating the platform and we realized that there were these kind of technical limitation. We knew that we couldn't port mobile speak because that was just not technically possible. And this kind of limitation that we were finding exactly the same as the one that other screen readers like TalkBack or Spill have been uh, facing during their development. We cannot make a better screen reader than other people because there are those those limitations. And when we were Listening to podcasts and actually the two first podcasts that you you released, I think there was back in September and, and December about how to use Android. The feedback of the earlier adopters was really like it's a good platform, but you have to be very tech savvy. You have to be okay to have headache and things are not moving straight forward, and you have to fight with the system. And it's not for everyone. I think that was really our conclusion. Like today, with what you have, it's not for everyone because it's not it's not easy to use. That's why we decided to create mobile accessibility and that's why we decided to have this suite of accessible applications because our philosophy since two thousand three, since we released mobile speak for Simeon phone, always been to give access to mainstream applications and not at all to create a special application especially designed for the blind. That never been our philosophy when we realized that things were not technically possible, we thought again about, okay, should we do something special? And when we realized that making some special apps would allow our users to gain in productivity and to be able to do things much faster, we said, yes, in this case, that might be a a good thing to do. We created our own accessible framework. I'm going to try not to be too technical, but when you develop an application, apart from other things, what you have to do is to design the, the, the UI, the user interface we created a layer of accessibility which surrounds this UI, this user interface. So when the user communicates with the UI of the application, first, everything goes to the accessible framework. And then everything becomes accessible because this accessible framework is actually the key of mobile accessibility. It's based on all our know-how of those last uh, 10 years. And that's why when you are inside the suite, uh, everything is controlled by the accessible framework. So everything can be accessible and the touch screen is accessible. Everything you do is accessible. When you get outside the suite, then you lose the control and you depend on the XCBT API. So if the XCBT API doesn't give you all what you need, that's when the screen reader component cannot be fully accessible with, with everything. Something important is that all the components that we are using with this accessible framework are not component that we created ourselves. If we are in the email application, we are using the Gmail, we are using the, the native component. We are not creating our own contacts for the contact application neither. We are using the Google contact. So that's also very important to, to understand. We haven't made public this information yet, but I believe that that might be a good occasion to be on this show to do it, is that when I'm talking about this accessible framework, we are thinking about the possibility to open it to third-party developers, so that if someone wants to create an application and make it accessible, they could Just plug to our accessible uh, framework and without much work, this application could be accessible. Like for example, if someone wants to make a Twitter client, could plug to our accessible framework. And then if you do long press volume down, which is uh, when you are in the... In mobile accessibility, it allows you to activate the speech recognition. If you were with this Twitter client plugged to the accessible framework, it will also allow you to speak your tweet in the same way and the programmer of this third-party application wouldn't have to do anything. That would be all uh, automatic. That's also an option which is going to make mobile accessibility very, very much powerful.
0: Okay, so with so many choices for Android phones, can you suggest specific phones or types of phones that will work best with mobile accessibility?
1: The first thing is that mobile accessibility supports. Android 2.1 phones and above. The speech recognition uh, feature only works with 2.2 and above. So you might prefer to have a 2.2 and above uh, Android phone. If you get out of the suite, if you if you are using the screen reader component with the standard Android interface, then you will need a trackball. You will need some navigation keys. So better to have a trackball or a trackpad. And then if you want to have a query Keyboard. It's up to you. If you are thinking about typing a lot, it's always easier for everyone to type with physical keys than with the touchscreen. But virtual keyboard of mobile activity also works outside the suite, so you could use it. Can we assume that your audience is mostly from the U.S.? Should I recommend some devices which are available in the U.S.?
0: Uh, The majority is, not not exclusively, but the majority is, yes. There
1: is the HTC Desire Z, which is also known as the T-Mobile G2, with a QWERTY keyboard and an optical trackpad. From AT&T, you will find the Motorola Flipside or the Motorola Flipout. They both have a QWERTY keyboard. From Verizon, you have the Motorola Droid 2 Global, and then you also have the LG LE, and the LG Ally is also known as LG Aloa maybe you will find this name outside the US from Sprint you can find the Epic 4G which is also known outside the US as Samsung Galaxy S Pro also from Sprint there is another good device which is the HTC Evo, Ship 4G. All those phones have a query keyboard.
0: And what about our listeners in the UK?
1: In the UK, I believe you will find the HTC Desire Z or the Samsung Galaxy S. They might be in the in the UK. And
0: the Motorola mi- Milestone also, which would be the Droid in the US. Yes. Unfortunately, I can't get to all the countries in the world, but uh, I assume you have a list of Phones, maybe on the Code Factory website?
1: Yeah, on the website, you will find a recommended list of phones, which are the most popular phones among our beta users. You go to uh, the main menu, and there's a phone section. And on the phone, you will find uh, Android, and you will find some uh, recommended phone. But basically, it should work with Android 2.1 and above.
0: Okay, so can you talk about or how the touchscreen works with the virtual keyboard? Can you explain that?
1: The touchscreen keyboard work outside and inside the suite of mobile accessibility. But that's important to know that it also works outside. When you activate it, so if you are inside, uh, that's long press volume up. And you, if you are outside, that's long press on the menu key. If you activate the virtual keyboard, you have the QWERTY keyboard, which is virtually displayed on the screen in, in landscape. So then you just move your finger around the screen and mo- mobile accessibility will tell you the letter which is under, like Q-Y-E-R-T-Y, if you are moving from the top left to right. And then when you find the letter you want to mark, you just uh, lift your finger and it will mark. There is like different layouts with the virtual keyboard, typical QWERTY lowercase, QWERTY uppercase, symbol, numeric. There are some very nice features, like especially when you are outside the street, once you activated the virtual keyboard, then you can slide up and down to navigate per control. So it gives you a nice way to, to move from different control with swipe. Uh, Right and left, you can read or review the text by word, sentence or character. You can change the navigation mode with the volume down key in order to to decide if you prefer to move per character or word or, or sentence. And also with long press and volume down, you can at any time activate the speech recognition. You will feel like a vibration. You speak like hello. You release and then uh, mobile activity will say hello. You double tap on the screen or you you press the enter key and hello will be marked. So that's actually a great way because you can really write an SMS in a very, very fast way.
0: Does your calendar app work with Google Calendar?
1: Yeah, of course. If you actually go inside the suite of uh, apps of mobile accessibility, you create a calendar event, and then you you go with your desktop Google Calendar, you will will find the event you just created before on your mobile phone with mobile accessibility.
0: Okay, now you mentioned some limitations with Google API. Does this prevent you from implementing certain features? Are you working with Google and giving them input? on improving API from their side uh, to work with your accessibility framework and to add more features?
1: We are not really working in direct collaboration with Google, but we did meet some feature requests in order to improve the accessibility API, so uh, we hope that they will take it into an account. Yes, of course, there are lots of limitations. I mean, the first thing is that we just cannot develop a full screen reader like MobileSpeak with the current tools that we have with Android platform. For example, we cannot capture the touch events before they arrive to the system. So if you cannot capture the touch event before, then you cannot make it speech before it actually activated. And that's what we are able to do when you are inside the suite of uh, mobile accessibility thanks to the accessible framework. And something else that you cannot do is that you cannot simulate keys from an external device like a Braille display. So, for example, if you were pairing a Braille device by Bluetooth to the Android phone and you were inputting some text, we don't have a way to simulate keys. So so that's why we cannot provide Braille support at the moment because of the limitation of the system.
0: Okay, now you said versions 2.1 or later of Android. What about 3.0, the honeycomb?
1: We are definitely looking at it. It's definitely on our roadmap. It shouldn't be very complicated to to implement. So I hope that we we will have something uh, running on, on tablets very soon.
0: Yes, that was my next question. If we will maybe be able to use something like the Zoom or some tablet so that folks can have a Android equivalent of, of the iPad to work with.
1: We really hope so. We didn't look into into a lot of details with tablets and, and honeycomb. 3.0, but technically it should really be possible. So that's on our roadmap and we hope to make it possible very soon.
0: Okay, what is your price for mobile accessibility? So mobile
1: accessibility can be purchased through the Android market at 69 euros, which is at the current exchange rate around 95 uh, US dollar. But at the moment you will only find mobile accessibility demo on the market. The paid version is not yet available on the market because you, you have the 30 day trial demo. So we first let our users. to to try the product and then very soon we will release uh, the paid version.
0: Now I assume Google will be making changes and of course you'll be making updates so have you set a pricing structure for future upgrades?
1: Not really but we can assume that there will be some free updates obviously for bug fixes, small improvements to make compatible uh, mobile activity with newer versions of, uh, of Google or if Google change something that we have to update mobile activity, there will be some some free updates, of course. We didn't really think yet so much about upgrade policy because that's the version 1.0 of mobile activity. But we believe that if we add some extra apps to the suite of mobile activity, we might release them as separate standalone add-on as a different app in in the market. That's that's a possibility.
0: Or maybe even doing something like in-app purchases. Has there been any challenges in working in the Android market or getting the through the android market system
1: no it's been quite straightforward no actually that's that's quite easy because all the licensing system is handled by the market and we don't have to have our own security and licensing system like like that was the case with products like like mobile speak and, and the licensing is big part of the development efforts of mobile speak so no actually that, that was that was very very easy
0: now when you mentioned contact you said including things like Facebook so is there Facebook support in your specific suite or how is that accomplished
1: no it's just that uh, when you want to add a contact you can add the contact from Facebook also but there is not yet an app especially to navigate through all the interface of uh, of Facebook but actually if we decide site to release this SDK of the accessible framework for third-party developers. Maybe someone will want to do it.
0: Okay, so what are the limitations of the browser? I mean, I know you're adding the browser gives a lot of capability that folks have never had before, but what are some websites or certain services that cannot yet be used.
1: Uh, actually, I can tell you more what are the good things about the web browser and how easy to use the web browser is thanks to the touchscreen support and the jump modes. To know really which websites are not working, the best is to subscribe to our mobile accessibility mailing list. And there, there are a lot of our beta testers, the ones who really like testing the products a lot and browsing a lot, a lot of websites. The beta testers are really the best people to tell you in depth about the use of the product.
0: Were you surprised at the number of users that wanted to be a part of the beta that have really grabbed on to the press releases? It seems like there's been a silent minority, but it's actually been a very large majority of Android users that I don't think people realize there were that many users out there for the product.
1: Yeah, definitely. When we were uh, seeking for beta tester in the announcement, we said that we wouldn't take more than 30 people. And actually, we ended up with 60 people because we didn't want to leave out of the beta too, too many Uh, of the people who were willing to test the product. That was quite surprising because the accessibility of Android, there have been some very good things done, but if you compare to Symbian or Windows Mobile or even iPhone, it was not yet uh, very satisfactory. So, yeah, we were were very surprised. And we think that, obviously, Android is, is a very powerful platform. They are gaining market share every day. I mean, when you will go to your phone shop, most of the choice will be Android phones. And that's why we wanted to give support for Android phones because we want our user to be able to go to the phone shop and be able to have more choice when they they look for a supported phone.
0: How many languages are supported with mobile
1: accessibility? At the moment, only English. There is actually two versions of mobile accessibility, US English and UK English. We are working on the localization. Uh, It will take us a bit of time in order to create a a localization system and be able to, to translate and integrate more TTS languages. But today, it's only English, US and UK. And on the short term, we will include French, Spanish, Italian, and German. Obviously, it will depend on the user demand also because it takes time to, to do localization. So, so it will depend on what users are asking for.
0: That leads to my next question of, uh, can you give any insights of what you're working on in the future for mobile accessibility? Are you waiting at this point to see what your user input is?
1: The top priority is to work on the localization system so that we can translate the program and have more multiple uh, languages. Second, we want to work on the SDK of the accessible framework. In order for third-party developers to use it, we need to prepare it and to make documentation, etc. But we really think that it's going to be a very powerful tool. So that's on our very short-term roadmap. And then we will add more apps to the suite and give a lot of attention to the accessibility API of Google. And as soon as there are more things we can do with the screen reader component, we will.
0: Okay. Well, very good. We thank you, Caroline, for taking time out of your busy schedule, and uh, we hope, You can come on future podcasts as you do future innovations and uh, take mobile accessibility to the next level. We fully support your efforts and the ability to make a larger variety of Mobile devices accessible.
1: Thank you very much. You're, you're welcome. That was a pleasure to be on the show today. Maybe I just would like to add two things. First, that uh, myself and Ferran our CTO, we will be at season at the season conference next week, March 16 to 19. Uh, we don't have a, a Code Factory booth, but we will be with our partners there. You can also just contact me through Twitter at Code Factory, and we'll be happy to meet you. We'll be happy to to demo you the product and and show you all the the feature of mobile activity. We really Really develop mobile accessibility because we were thinking at the time Android was was a platform only really available for for the most advanced user, and we really did mobile accessibility so that everyone can use an Android phone, and it's not only just early adopters or the most tech savvy people who can use an Android phone, but everyone. So that's really uh, our message, and and that was really our objective.
0: All right, Caroline Raggett with the uh, Code Factory. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.